Hello, and welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. Instructional coaches and leaders create the environment that supports teachers to continually imagine, grow, and achieve. They model an excitement for learning that teachers in turn model for students. This podcast is dedicated to promoting the important aspects of instructional leadership. Thanks for listening. I'm thrilled you're here. Supervision, Coaching Confusion. I've recently worked with some teacher leaders and administrators who have job descriptions that include what I would call elements of coaching and elements of supervision. In an effort to be efficient, these leaders sometimes approach the two roles in a single classroom observation and conference with the teacher. In my work, I frequently use a continuum diagram to illustrate the differences in the leadership roles of evaluation, supervision, mentoring, and coaching. You can find the diagram in a blog around building trust with expectations that's linked in the lead into this podcast. On that continuum, I place evaluation all the way to the left-hand side of the continuum. In its narrowest form, evaluation has the observer observing the practice and judging it against some set of outside criteria. That could be an evaluation system identified by the district, by the school, or it could be a system that exists in the mindset of the evaluator, but the control is in the evaluator and the observed teacher has a rather small role to play. I place peer coaching at the far right of that continuum. And in the broadest definition of peer coaching, you're looking at the teacher who's being observed having total control. The teacher is selecting who will be the coach when they would like the coach to be observing in their classroom and what's the purpose, what's the focus on the role that the coach has. In the middle of that continuum, I place the term supervision. And usually people who have a supervisory role are working on both sides of that continuum, meaning sometimes their role is in conducting a form of evaluation. And in other times, their role is in providing coaching, at times coaching that was requested by the teacher. In between supervision and peer coaching on that continuum, I place the term mentor. I put mentoring there because most of the time when people enter a mentoring role, they don't have any role in evaluation. And that's why I move it to the right of supervision. However, when I'm in that mentoring role, I am likely to give some different feedback uh, and likely the teacher may not have as great of a voice in the mentor conversation as he or she would have in the peer coaching conversation. One of the ways that I describe the difference is that in peer coaching, I'm only going to provide the teacher with feedback 
that the teacher requested. In mentoring, I may be giving the teacher feedback that the teacher didn't request. When I coach instructional coaches, I frequently find that their job description includes times that they are peer coaching. Those occur when the teacher comes and requests a specific role for the instructional coach to play. Sometimes the instructional coach's role is one of mentoring. That's frequently when they're following up on a school curriculum implementation or on a PD strategy where all teachers are going to get feedback on the recent writer's workshop that they've been asked to uh, uh, implement. In in that mentor role, the instructional coach uh, isn't necessarily invited into the teacher's classroom the way they are when they're playing that peer coaching role. And the instructional coach can get really close to supervision. You'll see in the diagram, I've drawn it so that it They don't quite touch it, but they get very close to supervision anytime that an evaluator strongly recommends to a teacher that they seek support from the instructional coach for a uh, perhaps, quote, problem, end quote, that uh, that the evaluator has identified to the teacher. In that position, a lot of the administrator's evaluative role in some way, uh, overshadows uh, onto the instructional coach's role. The key is communicating and maintaining the role so that the teacher and the observer are clear. That's what builds trust. As an educator being observed and engaging in conferencing, the role identifies the degree of vulnerability that I'm likely to take. Growth generally requires vulnerability, which is why coaching is so valuable. I'm willing to be vulnerable with my coach. It doesn't make a lot of sense to be vulnerable when I'm being evaluated. When I'm being evaluated, I'm more likely to play it safe. Now, my evaluator can be my coach, just not at the same time. My evaluator can be my coach if I believe that they can separate the roles, much like a teacher and student. Students need to trust that mistakes while learning won't have a negative consequence. On the evaluation, there may well be a score. So I take my risk when my teacher is clear what activity we are engaged in. In my experiences, I've uncovered that many administrators find coaching roles much more satisfying than their evaluation roles. That fact, along with the time pressures to meet requirements, can often have administrators drift into coaching in the midst of an evaluation conference. At times, not finding the teacher making the switch on the spot as the teacher's mental set is still in the evaluation mode. That can become frustrating to the administrator as it appears the teacher is holding off being vulnerable to the administrator's coaching role. 
My guidance has been to work to clearly separate the roles, especially when an administrator is beginning to extend into a more coaching role or when the administrator-teacher relationship is new. Recently, an administrator who's desiring to engage more in the coaching role with teachers shared a form that is provided to teachers before the administrator observes. The form asks the teachers questions such as, what do you want me to focus on during the observation? What data would you like me to collect? What format would be helpful to you? These questions illustrate a coaching focus. The same form with those questions includes these questions. What is the intended learning outcome? How does the main assessment task link back to those learning outcomes? Those questions sound more supervisory. The combination of these questions, setting up the observation and conferencing activities, could be confusing to the teacher, especially to a teacher who has yet to establish a high-trust relationship with the administrator. I believe that separating supervisory and coaching roles can assist in building that trusting relationship we seek faster. If there's a strong desire to increase administrator as coach, then taking the time for a pre-conference with the teacher is a key. It allows a deeper understanding than a pre-observation form can. Having those conferences may be the best way to illustrate the difference between an administrator's coaching roles and supervisory roles. I'm working with several schools where teachers in a position of head of department or team leader are being requested to observe in their colleagues' classrooms. In some cases, even the administrators and teacher leaders are unclear of that role. In many cases, while clear that it's non-evaluative, it does appear to be supervisory. In one school's job descriptions for head of departments and team leaders, I found the following. Serves as an instructional coach with regards to data analysis, assessments, lesson plans, feedback processes, and grading practices and rubrics. Oversees curriculum maps, grade books, course placements. Ensures alignment of course descriptions, guidelines, and syllabi. Those tasks certainly have a supervisory ring in my mind. So knowing that my head of department has those roles, how does the head of the department illustrate when they're coming into my classroom as a colleague engaging in peer coaching versus when are they coming into my classroom in that supervisory role? I want to be clear that in my head, both of those roles are important and, uh, and need to be fulfilled. The question is, how do we communicate 
when we are engaged in which role. One school that has scheduled me to provide a coaching workshop for their heads of departments shared an observation protocol that currently is used to encourage teachers to be engaged in peer observations. The form states that the practice of peer observation provides a good learning opportunity for the observer and the observed. It also states that reflection and discussion in the post-conference are critical to the growth opportunity. The protocol format provides a list of strategies for introducing content, strategies for practicing and deepening understanding, as well as strategies for assessment and engagement. The observer is asked to identify which strategies they observed and is also asked this question, is the teacher using other strategies that are just as useful as those listed? As I reviewed the protocol, I could see the learning opportunities perhaps strongest for the observers, as they would be reflecting throughout the observation. Some strong facilitative skills would likely be needed to engage the observed teacher in the valuable reflection during post-conferencing. My initial thought for this school would be to identify peer coaching as a different activity than this peer observation practice seeing both of them as valuable learning possibilities. The peer coaching would be narrower and it would be driven by the feedback the teacher desired. The learning for the observer in peer coaching is an extra bonus. Coaches always have great opportunities for learning as they are able to observe learning and teaching in a way that we can't while we are instructing or facilitating learning. Creating environments where learners are encouraged and supported to be vulnerable is certainly a leadership task. Just the way a teacher builds that environment in classrooms, leaders want to build it in schools. It's what I call an environment where people are comfortable with discomfort. Vulnerability is a little uncomfortable, In a trusting environment, vulnerability is safe. Avoiding the confusion between supervision and coaching can assist in getting that environment focused on growth. I'd be interested to know what conflicting messages you think might exist in your school's current job description or in observation practices. You can connect with me at barclaypd.com. I'd be happy to look over the form and listen to your thoughts and uh, connect with you. Feel free to reach out. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud on iTunes and Podbean. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. I also want to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Barkley or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.